Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537, ratchetandratchet at gmail.com, Ratchet Book Club on Twitter, Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Chapter 12. Just wash your body as quickly as possible and get out of here, Breeze thought, as she stood outside the running stream of water, staring at the disgusting shower stall. The stained towel made her think it had never been cleaned, and the fact that she had nothing to cover her feet made her cringe. I understand that, because I don't know about y'all, but I got athlete's foot once. At the gym, yeah, I got athlete's foot. Going in there without uh, flippy floppies on, I know, they're flip flops. I just like saying flippy floppy sometimes. Um, But going in there without flippy floppies on into the shower... I got athlete's foot. And let me tell you, my jump shot did not get better. I was very disappointed. My bench press did not increase. I was extremely put out. All I had was itchy ass toes. And that shit was irritating. There's nothing worse than having itchy ass toes except for when a mosquito bites you in a really strange place. Like between your fingers or on the head of your dick. Still, she stepped inside, knowing that her options were limited. She gasped in surprise at the coldness that hit her skin. Apparently, warm water's a luxury too, she thought. She held the tiny piece of bar soap in her hand that they had given her upon her arrival and tried her best to create a foamy lather. It wasn't much. In fact, the cheap soap didn't lather at all, but it was all she had, so she didn't complain. Breeze wet her hair, letting the water rinse through it. She wished that she could rinse her worry away, but anxiety held her captive and there was no escaping it. She heard the chatter of girls around her and she tried to drown out the noise. She tried to allow the power of her mind to take her outside these walls. She was so alone. No allies, no family, no friends. Inside, all she had was herself. Bree scrubbed her body as best she could, using her hands as the towel since she couldn't afford to purchase one. She had the bare necessities, but when the tiny, sample-sized bar disappeared, she cut off the water. An eerie feeling swept over her as she frowned. There was no gossip, no loud singing from the fat lady who always put on a concert during wash time. Not even the sound of the other showers running. She reached to pull back the shower curtains, but before she could, she was bum-rushed. Breeze was pushed against the wall as blows rained down on her. She tried to block the assault, but being cornered didn't leave her room to defend herself. She crawled up in a ball and tried to shield her stomach, to no avail. The kicks to her bulging stomach vibrated through her entire body, and fear filled her. God, please make it stop, she thought. 
She caught a blurry glimpse of her attacker as she fled away. She was shaking, bleeding, and as she came up on all fours, she crawled across the grimy floor. Help me, she cried, blood leaking from her mouth. She stood slowly, surprised that her legs would even carry her. But the stabbing pain that shot through Breeze made her double over. She placed a hand on her swollen belly as thunder seemed to strike within her. Something was wrong. It felt like someone was tearing her in half. She drew in a sharp breath as wetness seeped between her thighs. She shuddered as she waited for the feeling to pass, but it only intensified, making her hold her breath to try and ease the sharp discomfort. Ah, she whispered as she gripped the mold-covered shower wall. She stumbled out of the tiny space, bumping into another inmate. Where had she come from? Where was she when Breeze was being beaten? Confusion and fear caused her words to jumble as she tried to speak. Everything hurt. Her face was swollen, blood was everywhere, and through it all she noticed that her baby wasn't kicking. I'm, I'm, I'm just pushing through this. I'm, y'all know. Watch yourself, the girl said as she nudged Breeze Harbor one shoulder before rushing out. Inmates had seen it all. It wasn't uncommon for someone to catch a beat down when the guards weren't looking, and even though Breeze needed help, the girl wasn't fazed by the scene. Breeze gripped the sink as she grimaced in excruciation. This isn't right. Something is wrong. This can't be happening, she thought as her vision blurred with tears and blood. The feeling was too familiar. She remembered how losing her first child had felt. Every second of that horrible day had been burned into her memory. She stood there, sweat forming on her brow as she tried to manage the pain, fearing the worst. It was happening all over again. No one even batted an eye. The other inmates walked by her as if she were invisible. Breeze reached between her legs, and when she pulled back a bloody hand, her heart dropped. She tried to stand upright, but another jolt of pain caused her to double over. If it weren't for the sink acting as her crutch, she wouldn't have been able to remain on her feet. The perverted male guards were constantly patrolling the showers. She usually cringed at the thought of them passing through a bathroom when she was in such a vulnerable state. Now she hoped they came. Where were they when she needed them? Where were they when she was getting her baby beaten out of her? She growled as she leaned over the sink, trying to manage the pain that seemed to be coming and going so quickly that she didn't have time to catch her breath. Ah, help me, she whispered to an inmate that waltzed up to use a sink beside her. Please, I think... Breeze reached down as if she was trying to plug the hole that was widening between her legs. She squeezed her thighs tightly. Horror was in her eyes. I'm losing my baby. The woman looked down at Breeze. What do I look like to you? A doctor? She snapped. She started to walk away. I refuse to believe that everybody is this heartless. Except when you're making them this heartless because you never gave a fuck about Breeze in the first place. Please, please help me, Breeze stammered, grasping the girl's wrist. She was weak, and her legs threatened to give out at any moment, and when the girl snatched away, she collapsed on one knee. No one wanted to get involved. They were heartlessly ignoring her, seeing her swollen eye and busted lip, no one wanting to get in the middle of whatever beef Breeze had. Each woman that walked into the showers callously walked by her as if she were invisible. The stabbing sensation that filled her was paralyzing. She looked up and saw Rezzy come around the corner. Yo, are you aight? Rezzy asked. Oh shit, who did this to you? Rezzy turned to another girl. Yo, go get some fucking help. You don't see her bleeding over here, bitch? I didn't know she was one of us. My bad, Rezzy. 
The girl replied as she rushed out. One of us, Breeze asked. I told you. We look out for our own in here, Reggie said. Sanchez rushed in urgently. Oh shit, she's going to have that baby right here on the bathroom floor, Sanchez said. Sit her down, sit her down. No, the girl, Breeze stammered. She went to get help. I am the help, Ma, Sanchez replied. What? Breeze was scared. I need to get a doctor. If we go get a CO, you'll deliver this baby and they'll take it from you without you ever having a chance to hold it. Now I can do this. Rezzy and I will help you. I've had two babies, all natural, at home with my abuela. It's going to hurt like hell, but you can trust me, Sanchez said. Ah! Breeze cried. She wanted to protest, but the pain was too overwhelming. She gritted her teeth so hard, it felt like they would shatter. She felt pressure everywhere. It felt like every organ in her body were pressing down, threatening to explode out of her. Help me get her up, Sanchez said. We'll take her to the spot. The spot? Breeze asked in concern. They led her to a door in the back of the shower room. It was normally locked, but Sanchez reached inside of her bra and retrieved the key. A trail of blood followed them as they struggled to get Breeze inside. Breeze looked around in horror. I can't give birth in an empty broom closet with the radio and cigar butts on the floor, she objected. Ah ha! She doubled over in pain. Something feels wrong. You're about to pass a baby through your cooch, princess. Ain't nothing right about it. It's just contractions and they're coming back to back. I know this ain't the four seasons, but this is happening now, Sanchez said. Put some towels down. Reddy tried to make a comfortable pallet on the concrete floor and they hurriedly laid her down. Sanchez opened her legs. I need medicine. It hurts, Breeze wailed. Just breathe, Diamond, Rezzy coached. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. Breeze was supposed to be with her husband in a hospital, anxiously awaiting the birth of their baby girl with the best doctors surrounding her. Instead, she was here, going through the process like an animal. She tensed as Sanchez put her hands in forbidden places. You measure it by fingertips, Sanchez whispered unsurely to herself. You don't know? Breeze cried. I got you, Sanchez said. Breeze was terrified, and from the uncertain look on Sanchez's face, Breeze saw that her fear was infectious. Just push, Sanchez urged. My abuela told me you pushed through the pain. The next time you feel your stomach tighten. Rezzy grabbed one of her legs and pulled it back as Breeze wrapped her hands under her knees. Push, Diamond, push. Rezzy's voice was in her ear as Breeze mustered everything in her. The scream that erupted from her was so loud that Rezzy stuffed a towel in Breeze's mouth to stifle her. Shh, Rezzy said. I can't do this, Breeze cried. Breeze looked through her widened legs into Sanchez's eyes. You can. I see the head. All you gotta do is push, Sanchez said. Breeze heaved in exhaustion. Sanchez said the word so simply as if she were asking Breeze to do the simplest thing. The task in front of her was daunting. Breeze felt like this baby would never come out of her. I can't do this, she cried. You probably haven't had to work hard a day in your life. You're going to have to work hard for this. If you want me to call the CO, I will, but you won't even get to hold your kid after you pop it out. If you want to do it the hard way and prove that you're not some fucking spoiled little bitch that gets everything handed to her, then you push. You can do this. Now fucking push, Diamond. Breeze placed her chin to her chest and growled fiercely as she pushed. She imagined that it was her mother beside her. She pushed and pushed. With each contraction, she pushed harder until finally the sound of tiny cries rewarded her. 
Is she okay? Breeze asked, worried, her face cracking from the overwhelming triumph she felt. She never thought she could ever be so strong. She didn't even think that type of strength dwelled inside of her. Motherhood has suddenly given her a superpower. Give her to me. Breeze didn't care if the baby was covered in blood or that the cord was still attached. She received her with open arms and laid her right on her chest. Her heart swelled as Rezzy covered the baby with the towel. She looks a little blue, Rezzy said. What? Breeze responded, panicked. What do you mean? Yo, maybe we need to get a CO, Rezzy urged. Breeze noticed that her baby had stopped crying, but she thought it was because she had found comfort from being in her mother's arms. I don't think she's breathing, Rezzy said. Sanchez opened the door to the closet. CO! Somebody get help! I got a baby in here! Panic erupted as a guard rushed in moments later. She didn't hear anything. It was like the world was muffled and the guard took her daughter out of her arms. A woman in a white doctor's coat rushed inside with a surgical bag. I gotta cut this cord and get the placenta out of you, she instructed, but Breeze heard nothing. She reached for her baby. As soon as the doctor cut the umbilical cord, Breeze felt the disconnection. Give me my daughter, Breeze screamed. Paramedics rushed into the room and immediately prepared the infant for transport. No, where are you taking her? What's wrong with her? Is she okay? Is she breathing? Breeze asked. Her pleas were heartbreaking, and as she was lifted onto a stretcher, she screamed, God, please! Breeze looked at the somber looks on the faces of Sanchez and Rezzy, fearing the worst. We have to get her to the infirmary now, the doctor said. What about my baby, Breeze slurred. She was feeling lightheaded. She's off the county hospital. I'll get you updates as soon as I hear something. I must worry about you right now. I can't keep my eyes open, Breeze said. I'm... Before she could finish her sentence, Breeze slipped into unconsciousness. She's crashing. I need to get her to a defibrillator now, the doctor ordered. The guards rolled her down the hall, practically running towards the infirmary as the doctor administered CPR. Breeze had lost so much blood and her blood pressure was so low that the doctor feared it may be too late. She had seen many things but never had two inmates delivered a baby on their own. Not only was Breeze's life at stake, but her daughter's was as well. The doctor only prayed that she could keep Breeze stable. Healthcare in the prison system wasn't equipped for this type of emergency, and the doctor hoped that today wouldn't be the day that a prisoner died on her watch. First of all, where did all those folks come from? Like, they came running like... As soon as they opened up the door, like, y'all weren't there when she was calling for help and all that kind of stuff, but y'all come rushing around the corner like all y'all and the doctor and the nurse and the guards with a gurney? Okay. All right. When Breeze finally came to, she felt like she had been hit by a bus. Her entire body ached, and exhaustion that she had never experienced took over her. Relax. Just relax, a woman said. Breeze tried to sit up. Her eyes focused on the stitching on the white medical coat the woman wore. The woman was a doctor, but Breeze couldn't help but wonder what type of doctor would separate a mother from her child. She could feel in her soul that her daughter was nowhere in this prison. Where is she? Where's my baby? Is she okay? She was transferred to county medical. She was having a hard time breathing, and we had to rush her over there so they could help her. She's fine. She'll stay there until child services gets her. What? Bree said, baffled. You can't just take my baby. I'm sorry. It was in her best interest to get her to the hospital as soon as possible. The words didn't quite connect with the woman's demeanor. She was cold, careless, as if they were discussing something as simple as the weather. 
This woman had cut the cord between her and her baby without securing a connection in another form. It was cruelty at its finest. I'm her best interest. I'm her mother. Take me to my daughter. You can't do this. Breeze was irate. She was destroyed by the separation. I didn't even get the chance to name her. She's mine. You cannot do this. Breeze was fighting to get out of the bed. You've lost some blood. You need to lie down. Tomorrow you'll be taken back to your cell. Breeze pushed the doctor so hard that she stumbled backwards into the metal file cabinet. The commotion caused the guard to rush in. No, wait, she's just upset, the doctor defended. Where's my daughter? Breeze shouted. She was crying and fighting so hard that the guard restrained her as the doctor shot a sedative in her arm. It won't put you under, but it will calm you, the doctor explained. You need rest. See, at first I thought, okay, maybe Zaire will find the baby and adopt her or whatever or get her. But that nigga got amnesia. And even if he ain't got amnesia, they moved her to a completely different state. Social services ain't going to call dad. I don't think they might. Who knows? Hours passed, and although Breeze settled on the outside, inside she was going through turmoil. She laid there throughout the night, unable to find sleep, as worry and fear filled her. Breeze's tears were endless. Never did she think it would be this hard to let her baby go. She had only held her sweet daughter briefly before they took her away. She got one day in the infirmary, and now they were forcing her back into the hell hole that was her cell. Let's go, Diamond, the guard said. There was no courtesy, no patience in the man's tone. It was like she hadn't even given birth at all. Breeze didn't move. She simply laid on the hard bed, facing the wall, and closing her eyes tightly as sobs racked her body. Breeze couldn't seem to get it together. Filled with confusing emotions, she had hormones all over the place. She couldn't go back to her cell block like this. She looked like food to the vultures that awaited her. I need a minute, Breeze choked out. On your feet, Diamond, the guard persisted. I need a minute. I just had a baby and I'm bleeding. Can I have some fucking privacy to change my pad? Damn. Breeze was uncharacteristically crass as she sat up reluctantly in the bed. She stared the guard in the eyes. Are you going to watch me do it? She challenged. The guard backed down. You got two minutes. He walked out of the room and Breeze hurriedly stood to her feet. She rushed over to the drawers where the doctor's supplies were located. She couldn't go back to her cell while they took her baby to the local hospital. A mother was supposed to be with her child. That was the natural order of things. This was cruelty. Breeze just wanted a little more time. She wanted to give a little more love. She wanted to smell her baby scent even if for only a little while. Breeze pulled at the drawers, growing frustrated as each one failed to open. They were locked and tears welled in her eyes. Come on, she whispered. She pulled at the drawer violently until finally the flimsy lock gave. She rifled through the contents so quickly that she barely had time to read. She found a pack of razor blades and her hands shook as she opened them. The guard came back in just as she held it in her hands. Diamond, drop it now. What the fuck? Diamond, drop it now, the guard yelled. Breeze didn't hesitate. She quickly placed the blade on her tongue and swallowed it. What the fuck? She felt it slice her throat on the way down and she was quickly tackled to the ground. The man pinched the sides of her jaws. Let me see it. Open your mouth. Where is it? Breeze didn't respond. She simply let her tears fall down her cheeks. You swallowed it? The guard asked. He placed her in cuffs and sighed in exasperation as he called for help on his walkie-talkie. The doctor rushed into the room. She just had a baby. 
You can't handle her that way. Where the fuck were you at, Doc? Where? This is all so horribly convenient. She swallowed a razor blade, Doc, the guard shouted. I'll call a bus, the doctor said, springing into action as she picked up the phone. That blade can cut up every one of her organs if it hits her in the right spots. Be gentle with her. Move her to this gurney. Breeze laid down on the gurney and looked up into the woman's eyes. Why did you do this? I, I just want to be near my baby, Breeze whispered. The desperation it took to go to such measures was one that only a mother could feel. Breeze knew that if she had slit her wrist, they just would have sewn her up. She had to do something drastic, something they couldn't handle. The doctor looked at her with sympathetic eyes. She gave Breeze's hand a reassuring squeeze. Breeze saw understanding in her eyes. She could only imagine the things that the doctor had seen, nursing some of the most violent women in the country back to health. The doctor nodded subtly and whisked her away. Breeze knew they would have to take her to the county hospital to surgically remove the razor blade, and that was exactly where she wanted to be. She was risking her life. All it took was for the razor blade to touch the wrong organ, and she would bleed out within minutes. But she didn't care. She was desperate and willing to take any measure to get in arm's reach of her child. Her baby didn't even have a name yet. The tiny human being didn't even know who she was yet. They needed time, even if only for a little bit, to get to know each other. Breeze needed to be able to whisper into her daughter's ear and reassure her that she would come for her, even though her baby didn't understand. She hoped that the nature that connected them, the blood that flowed through them, and the familiar sound of her mother's heartbeat would be enough for her daughter to remember her. The sound of the ambulance's sirens blared in her ears as they exited the prison and she was lifted into the back. A sense of hope filled Breeze as she saw the sky. She looked at the hues of blue and admired the dense white puff of clouds that floated high above her. She was outside the walls of the prison, and she never truly understood how good it felt to be free until this moment. She drew in that free air and closed her eyes to enjoy it, briefly. Dread quickly came washing over her because she knew the escape was only temporary. She would return, and when she did, she would be empty-handed. It felt like she was floating. Those white, fluffy clouds surrounded her as she flew high, never wanting to come down. Breeze was semi-conscious as she slowly awoke from the anesthesia. Her eyes were heavy, so heavy that it was easier to not try to open them at all. So she stayed right there, between consciousness and unconsciousness, unshackled, unbothered, and completely unaware of the six-hour surgery she had just endured. Is this heaven, she thought. Her entire body felt soothed. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, she was on one accord. It was almost orgasmic. Her entire life, she had felt some kind of pain. That was what living was about. Pain reminded Breeze that she was still breathing, still living. No matter how small the pain was, she lived with something on her heart daily. Perhaps it was a physical ailment, or an emotional scar, or a spiritual wound. But pain always existed until now. In this peaceful, elevated space, all she felt was bliss. That let her know that this place couldn't be real. Life never felt this good. The absence of pain meant the absence of life, and the fear that came with that thought brought her crashing out of the clouds and down to reality, where all the hurt awaited her. Mmm, she groaned as her eyelids fluttered. Hazy images came into view as Breeze blinked slowly, trying to force herself to awaken. The agony seemed to hit her all at once, and she didn't even have to summon the tears that leaked out of the sides of her eyes. They were effortless, 
like residual raindrops that fell on window panes after a storm. Relax, relax, a soothing voice could be heard in the distance, but Breeze couldn't come out of the fog long enough to see the face to whom it belonged. You're going to feel very heavy, very confused for a little bit. Just take your time and come out of it slowly. Breeze took a deep breath, but that only seemed to lull her back to sleep. Hey, baby girl. This voice she recognized. It was her father, and she opened her eyes trying to find him. The heavy drugs pulled her eyes closed as if there were shutters. Be strong, Breeze. You're a diamond. She heard him again. This time she saw him, and she wasn't sure if this was heaven or if she were simply dreaming, but she wanted to stay. Security filled her. There was nothing like the love of Big Carter. He was her father, and since the day he had been callously taken from her world, no one had been able to fill his void. Not even her brothers had made her feel as safe as her papa. She wanted to speak back to him, but she couldn't. It was like her mouth was glued shut, and the more she struggled to speak, the more it felt like she couldn't breathe. Be strong, Breeze. It was her mother's voice she heard next, and torment filled her. Her sweet mother, her innocent mother, slain in the crosshairs of a war. She was a victim to the game, murdered by Mia Moore before Mia Moore became a part of their family. Not really. Murder by Mecca. Never forget. Breeze was so emotional. Suddenly, this dark place felt like hell. She hadn't thought of the deaths of her parents in years. Now, in this heightened state of emotion, their memory was being dredged up against her will. She couldn't even wake herself up to escape it, so she just lay there, in darkness, listening to the ones she had buried as they urged her to be strong. It felt like a joke. She had always been the weakest link of the Diamond family. She was supposed to go away to college, to make a life outside of the streets for herself, but she had fallen for a gangster. She had fallen for a man like her father, and from the moment she met Zaire, she knew she had chosen the type of man that belonged to the streets. Wake up, B. It was Mecca, her dear live wire of a brother. Oh, how she missed him. She wanted to tell him, but still no words escaped her. Breeze, get up. The last voice of Monroe's, and Breeze's eyes opened. She weakly reached for the remote that lay next to her, and she pressed the call button to summon a nurse. A part of her wanted to close her eyes and feel the closeness of her family. They hadn't come to her in years, but she knew that being close to them meant being close to death. She could stay as she wanted, and they would welcome her home, but she couldn't leave her baby in the world alone. The door opened, and the same soothing voice she had heard before entered. Welcome back, the woman said. She was a young nurse with a warming presence and a friendly smile. Let's check your incision, she said as she adjusted Breeze's bed and lifted her hospital gown. Breeze grimaced as she saw the long incision on her stomach. Were you trying to hurt yourself, the nurse asked. Breeze rolled her head lazily to the side. The anesthesia still making it hard to concentrate. If that's what it takes. Takes? What does this accomplish? We had to cut you open and suit your organs that have been damaged by the blade you swallowed. Make me understand this now, the nurse asked. My baby's in this hospital. I gave birth to her less than 24 hours ago and they stripped her from me, Breeze whispered. The pain in her voice filled the air like humidity making it hard to breathe through the thickness of her torment. I'm sorry, the nurse said as she redressed Breeze's wound and then removed the rubber gloves. She was so little and so beautiful. I just want to see her. I'm her mother. 
I have this life, this extra heartbeat inside of me for nine months, and I feel like I'm dying now that she's gone, Bree said. I'm not built for this. I'm locked up because of who I am, not what I've done. Breeze pulled her gown over her face and sobbed. She was so embarrassed she was crying in front of the stranger, exposing her weakness as her chest heaved uncontrollably. The decorum of professionalism was hard to maintain as Breeze's sadness spread like an infection. The nurse cleared her throat and blinked away tears. <clears throat> Would you like to see your daughter? The nurse's voice was so low that Breeze almost missed it. She looked up at the nurse in shock almost hyperventilating as she tried to gulp in deep breaths to calm down. I, I can lose my job for this, but if she's at the nursery, I could take you there. There is a guard on the door, the nurse said. Breeze's sobs settled to sniffles as she gained composure. She didn't know why this woman was willing to put her job on the line to help her, but she was more than grateful. I don't even know if I could walk right now. My legs feel a little numb, Breeze said. I can will you down there. It'll look better. I'll say I'm taking you for testing, the nurse said. Why are you helping me, Breeze asked. The woman cleared the hair out of her face and wiped her nose with the back of her hand as she responded. Six years ago, I gave birth to a baby boy. I was addicted to pills for the entire pregnancy. He came 12 weeks early and my mother petitioned the court for custody. She took him from me and I haven't seen him since. I cleaned myself up, and I finished school and got a job, but it's never good enough for her. So I can relate to someone taking your child away. No mother should ever have to go through that, the nurse said passionately as she wiped a single tear from her cheek. Breeze reached and gave the nurse's hand a weak squeeze. The nurse turned her back on Breeze and cleared her throat as she composed herself. When she turned back towards Breeze, it was like the moment had never happened. I'll be back with a wheelchair, the nurse said. Anxiety filled Breeze as she tried to swing her legs over the edge of the bed. She could barely stand it as she gritted her teeth in excruciation. God, the razor felt better in than out, Breeze thought as she grimaced. She eased down off the bed, placing her weight onto her feet, only for gravity to pull her down to the floor. The nurse came rushing back in with the wheelchair. Oh no, you should have waited for me. It'll take a few hours before your legs feel normal again. Come on, let me help you. Breeze held the nurse around her neck, and together they managed to get her into the wheelchair. There is a baby Jane Doe here that was transferred over yesterday. She's under observation and a bit underweight, so she'll be here for the next 48 hours before social services takes her, the nurse said. If those staples keep opening, they'll probably keep you here too. Breeze nodded. She didn't care if she had to rip every staple out of her belly herself. She would make sure she had as much time with her daughter as possible. The nurse rolled Breeze out of the room, and they were immediately stopped by the prison guard. The prisoner cannot leave this room, the guard said. I have orders from the doctor to take her for testing. You can handcuff her to this wheelchair if you like, but it's important that we get this taken care of. This prisoner is under state custody. Come on, she can't even stand on her feet on her own. The test will take an hour at most. You can handcuff her to the chair and I will not let her out of my sight, the nurse insisted. The officer reluctantly followed suit and sensed the bracelets tightly around one of Breeze's wrists before connecting it to the arm of the wheelchair. 
The nurse moved on swiftly, and Breeze breathed a sigh of relief as they stepped onto the elevator and made their way to the nursery. Breeze thought about running. She thought about having this woman wheel her right out of the hospital, but it made no sense. Her sentence was too short to do anything other than serve it. Breeze heard the cries coming from the nursery as they approached and her heartbeat sped up in anticipation. She sat up eagerly, and the nurse stopped briefly, grabbing a blanket out of a supply closet. Hide the handcuff, the nurse instructed. Breeze did as she was told, and when they arrived at the window that overlooked all the newborn babies, her heart swelled. Butterflies formed in her stomach, and nervous energy filled her. Her eyes scanned the babies, until finally they landed on one. It was like she could discern Aurora's cries out of all the high-pitched wells. It was the sweetest sound she had ever heard. Please get her, Breeze whispered. Breeze watched the nurse through the window as she bargained with another woman in scrubs. Breeze clenched her fist nervously. God, please, let her bring my daughter out here, Breeze thought. She watched the nurse come back out empty-handed and her chest caved in. No, please. I'm going to move you to an empty room up the hall so we're inconspicuous. They're going to bring her down in a few minutes, the nurse informed her. Really? Breeze asked in disbelief as her eyes welled with tears. Really? The nurse confirmed. Breeze waited impatiently as she was taken to her room, and when she heard the knock at the door, her heart stopped. A woman came in holding a tiny bundle wrapped in pink receiving blankets. You've got half an hour. I'll be back then, the woman warned. The nurse nodded. Thanks, girl. The woman handed Breeze her baby, and tears flooded her eyes. She cried so much, it was hard to see her baby's beautiful face. What's her name? The nurse asked. Breeze admired her daughter's soft features. She looked so much like Zaire that it made Breeze's heart skip a beat. Aurora, Breeze said. That's beautiful, the nurse returned with a smile. I'll give you some privacy. I'll be right outside. Breeze shook so hard that even Aurora began to cry. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. Mommy's just so happy to see you, Breeze whispered. She kissed her daughter's forehead and then held her scent. She smelled so brand new. It was like no fragrance Breeze had ever smelled. It was a scent of life, and it was so refreshing to her weary soul. I love you so much, Breeze said, and I'm so sorry that we can't be together all the time right now. I love you. Oh, Mommy loves you. Aurora's lips curved up in a faint smile, and Breeze knew that her daughter knew exactly who she was. They hadn't spent all that time together for nothing. Her baby knew the sound of her voice. Breeze laughed. I can't believe you're finally here. I don't know if that was a real smile or not, but I'll take it. I'll think about that smile every day until I'm with you again, she said. I'm going to fight to get back to you. Until then, you have to stay strong. We're diamonds. We don't break. Don't forget me, my love, Breeze whispered. The tiny whine that escaped Aurora's lips was all the reply Breeze needed. She rubbed her daughter's tiny hand with her forefinger, sighing in complete bliss. Breeze had never felt something so soft or seen something so beautiful. Breeze forgot about all her troubles. In the presence of a love this grand, she could only focus on her child. She couldn't believe that she had brought something so special into the world, and she instantly felt obligated to protect her. This love made her question every other love she had ever known. It couldn't have been real before, because it had never felt like this. This was a level of intimacy she had never known, and in that moment... She forgot about her anger towards Zaire. She just wished he was there to meet their little girl. 
This was a product of real love. Aurora was physical proof that a man and a woman together create miracles. Breeze savored every minute with her baby girl, and when the nurse walked back in, Breeze closed her eyes. She pulled her baby away from her chest so that she could stare into her darling face. She wanted to be able to remember every feature. I have to give her back now, don't I? Breeze asked. I'm sorry. If I could get you more time with her, I would, the nurse said. Breeze's lip quivered. She kissed Aurora's cheek. I love you, she whispered. She held her out. Take her. If you don't take her now, I'm not going to give her back. So just take her, Bree said, struggling to keep herself from breaking down. When the nurse removed Aurora from her arms, it felt like someone was removing a part of her. Aurora was an extension of her, a vital one that Breeze needed to survive. She was choking on grief. Breeze's soul screamed as the nurse wheeled her out of the room and away from the nursery. Her gut churned. Her heart twisted because a mother leaving her child was unnatural and it hurt deeply. As the nurse returned her to her hospital room, no one was the wiser that she had seen her child. The guard stood at her door and he removed the handcuffs before she entered the room. The nurse helped Breeze into her bed and turned to leave the room. What's your name? Breeze said. Steph, the nurse replied. Steph, are you a better person since you lost your son? Breeze asked. I'm clean if that's what you mean, but I won't be better until he's home with me. I'm working my ass off to show that I'm fit to be his mom, she said. If I ask you to take her, I can't. Please, I'm not asking you to steal her from here or anything. But if you will foster her, do it the right way. At least I'll know who my baby's with while I'm away. I know it's crazy and it doesn't make sense, but please, I'll pay you. I can get some money to you every month for taking her in. Breeze was speaking so fast, pleading her case. She had already thought of some of her father's old associates who owed her favors. Favors she would cash in on if it meant her daughter would be somewhere safe. You don't even know me, but... I'm sorry, but I can't, the nurse interrupted. Breeze knew it was too much to ask, but she had to try. Breeze watched the woman exit, leaving her alone with her thoughts. Breeze lifted her gown and looked at her incision. She dug her nails deep into it, pulling out each staple one by one. Anguish spread through her as sweat covered her body. She bit her bottom lip so hard that she drew blood, but it was the only way to stop herself from screaming. Breeze was determined to stay in the hospital. If Aurora was there, Breeze would be there as well. It only gave her a couple days, but if that's all she could get, she would take it. Chapter 13 Breeze was transferred back to the prison a week later. But after days of loving up her baby girl and then having to leave her, she was no longer the same. She had someone to fight for, and she would be damned if anyone stopped her from getting back to Aurora. As soon as she entered her cell, she noticed that another inmate now occupied the space. The guards wasted no time stripping her of the special treatment that pregnancy had afforded her. You're on my bunk, Bree said as she looked at the woman in frustration. The woman made no effort to move. Breeze wasn't in the mood for bitches and their attitudes. She had just lost the most important thing in her life, her motherhood, and she was looking for someone to take her anger out on. She walked over to her new cellmate and snatched the old school Walkman she was listening to out of her hand. Why are you all in my shit? I put my shit where the guard told me to, the woman said. And now I'm telling you to put it somewhere else, Breeze said. She wouldn't normally make such a big deal out of things, but she was feeling like she needed to stand up for what belonged to her. 
People can't just take things from you and act like there isn't a consequence for it. They can't just take. Who just takes? She felt the flutter of emotion, making her heart leap painfully. They just took her from me. She tossed the Walkman onto the adjacent bunk. A few awkward seconds ticked by before the woman gave in. Breeds exhaled as she collapsed onto her bed. I heard about what happened with your baby. That's fucked up. That's the only reason why I ain't all up in your ass right now, the woman said. Breeze found laughter for the first time in days. Oddly enough, it's the only reason why I'm all up in yours right now. They had come to an understanding without coming to blows, and Breeze appreciated the empathy. Breeze refused to leave herself for three days. It wasn't until the warden came to force her out of her bed to eat that she found the strength in her legs to get up. She entered the mess hall and immediately found Resi and Sanchez posted with the Dominican girls at their normal table. Breeze walked over to them, her arms folded across her chest. Her eyes were red and puffy. Her hair was tucked into the back of her shirt. Her face was pale and sickly from all she had been through. She stood at the edge of the table. What up, princess? Resi asked. Breeze hesitated before scooting in on the other side of the table. You don't see her trying to sit? Get your ass up. You don't know who she is? Sanchez barked at the Spanish girl who was in Breeze's way. I'm down with whatever this is. I got a daughter to get home to. So whatever protection you're offering, whatever I got to do? Rezzy laughed. What's funny? Breeze asked. Whatever you got to do? Nah, Chica, you got it all wrong. It's whatever you want us to do for you. We know who your people are. That trump all our shit in here. You're the queen. You don't got to do nothing for us. We for you. So whatever you need, you say the word and that's that, Sanchez explained. Breeze didn't respond. Go get her a tray, Sanchez ordered the same girl who was now standing behind Breeze. The girl retrieved Breeze's food and Breeze ate silently, unsure of her new position. Just like that, she had been placed in a position of power. These women had respect for her simply because of who she was and even though Breeze knew none of them, Somehow, trust was established. Somehow, they were all looking at her in admiration, waiting for her to say something, to do something. I'm the boss, she thought, completely perplexed. She kept her poker face strong, bluffing, as if she wasn't a ball of misery, fear, and heartache. She looked up as they watched her and a small smirk spread across her face before quickly disappearing. It was inevitable the breeze would come into her own. She was Carter Diamond's only daughter, and now it's all the protection she needed. I'm the boss. Mm. Okay. Sure. She's the boss. The ice block that had built around Breeze's heart had turned her into a different person. As she walked down the darkened cell block, her heart thundered. She could hear the emotional storm in her ears. Rage made Breeze feel powerful. It made her merciless. It took away all reasoning. She had never understood how her brother Mecca could do the things he did without remorse, or how Mia Moore could commit murder without thinking twice. Until now. Something had happened to them that took away their empathy for others. Losing Aurora had hardened her. She was scarred, and the part of her that remained pure over the years was now tainted. Wait. Again. Ileana, she ordered her death, literally. And when Ares came into her restaurant, like, just a few books back, Brees had no problem trying to play the tough person, trying to slap her and all that kind of stuff. So, miss me, still. You can still miss me. The guard escorted her down to the kitchen. 
The prison had never been so silent. In the wee hours of the night when most of the inmates were asleep, Breeze had an agenda in mind. When they arrived at the mess hall, Breeze turned towards the guard and extended her wrist. The guard removed the handcuffs. You got 20 minutes before the cameras come back on. You'll need to be back in your cell by then, the guard said. With the promise of riches after her release, it was easy to get a guard or two to bend the rules to her favor. With the family name that carried inherited power, no one wanted to get on Breeze's bad side. Now that she was willing to use it, she made the rules on her block. She entered the kitchen, where Sanchez and Rezzy stood, holding a girl at knife point. Say the word, Rezzy said. Breeze walked closer, and the girl's face came in a clear view. This bitch almost made me lose my baby, Breeze thought. She instantly recognized her. She was the one responsible for the beating in the shower. Wait, what? Okay, just a chapter ago, chapter 12, they were saying that uh, all she caught was a blurry view of her attacker. So how she know who it was? I'm just asking because I'm nosy. Like, y'all obviously know something I don't, which is obvious because y'all wrote the book, but... I mean, y'all y'all literally wrote the book on knowing shit that didn't nobody else know about what's going on in this shit. But how'd she know? I just need information. A little bit. Just a little bit. Breeze stood directly in front of the girl's face. They were so close to each other that Breeze could smell the fear on her breath. You should have killed me, Breeze said. You should have made sure I never walked out of that shower. Breeze stepped back. Make it hurt, she said simply. Breeze watched unflinchingly as Rezzy took the knife and dug it into the girl's back. She stabbed her repeatedly and then put the knife in the dishwasher and removed evidence that they were ever present. Breeze bent down and looked the girl in her eyes. The girl tried to speak as blood backed up in her mouth. This for my daughter, bitch. Diamond, let's go, Ma, Sanchez said. Breeze turned and followed them out of the kitchen. We're family. We're riding with you, whatever, whenever. The bitch disrespected. The example set. Sanchez threw her arm around Breeze's shoulder, and they walked out united. Revenge hadn't been as sweet as Breeze expected, but it was necessary. She knew her heart wouldn't be healed until she had her daughter back in her arms, but to get there, she had to survive on the inside, and this is what it took. Sanchez and Rezzy had put her on the throne. She had a gang of rough ones standing behind her, and Breeze only hoped that this place didn't strip her of everything. She wanted her daughter to know her as she was, but she could slowly feel herself changing, becoming tainted, and there was no avoiding that. I mean, seriously, we're just never going to talk about her past, right? That's, that's the plan? That's what we're doing here, right? We're never, ever, ever going to talk about the fact that she literally walked up to that girl, Ileana, while she was, like, hogtied. Right? She was she was wrapped up and told Zaire, ah, fuck, I wish my memory wasn't so great. <laughs> the threat of a slow death at the hands of the cartel was enough to instill fear in Ileana's cold heart. Her face drained of all color, she blinked away tears. Zaire stepped up and placed a hand on the small of Breeze's back. It's time to go. You don't need to see what's about to happen, Zaire said. He kissed the back of Breeze's neck and she turned to face him. Make it hurt, Breeze said. She put her Burberry glasses on her face and then walked out of the warehouse with a model's precision. Also, also, in this same chapter, which is, I believe this is book five. I, I think, yeah, this is book five. Anyhow, in the same chapter, Breeze uh, says 
Look what you did to me, Bree screamed as she stood over Ileana, the woman who had almost taken her life. Her shirt was open, and a long scar ran from her sternum toward navel. It bubbled gruesomely, and her red hue stood up against her bright skin. They never talk about that again, either. So, we just leave out scars on every woman in this book because y'all want to keep them pristine in your thoughts, and then you put them through more stuff that literally scars them. It makes no sense. There's no cohesion. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. Leave a review on Spotify. Uh, it only takes a few seconds. Just tap the number and put five stars. Um, leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that into Apple Podcasts. Copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show on patreon.com slash single simulcast or on uh, buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. All donations will go towards buying new books for this show or for buying movies for Hindsight, my other podcast, or for buying TV shows for um, the RTO Podcast Network, my other podcast, where, where we discuss TV shows episode by episode. Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, did you say?